Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 265 uh, of the Jersey Post, uh, Podcast. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. Apologies for slightly late tonight, I had some technical issues with my laptop. Uh, so I've had to I've had to rejig everything, and I'm I'm coming to you via my phone now because my laptop's just decided to pack in. Uh, so apologies for that. Uh, as I say every week, guys, it's just not the the the, the pod that we do here at Jersey. If you get yourself onto the website, you'll find the forums there. There's articles. Uh, Frankie's obviously got his social media on the go there. Uh, there's a history archive on the website as well. It's just recently had a reboot as well. It's it's, it's had a, a serious upgrade. So get yourself onto the website if you can. Uh, we would also ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and let people know what we're doing here at, at, at the podcast. Put the word out there on social media. Tell your tell your pals all about us, all that kind of a stuff. Uh, before I bring my guests in, uh, I have to mention our uh, partners at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers Football Club for many years, uh, and we're delighted they're back in the pod. If you want more information about them, uh, you can go onto their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. Uh, you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, uh, which is a stunning hospitality area within the main stand. Uh, for information on how to book this unique and intimate space, email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Uh, so I'll bring my guests in. Uh, obviously, a bit of a just another day and what's been a shit season all around guys you know the league was officially lost today a bit of a, a non-event uh, at Ibrox in, in terms of the game I'd probably filed under the category of 90 minutes of our lives that we'll never get back but it's it's just kind of at that stage of the season now we know we've, we've kind of known for a while now that the league was gone uh, I think all of us just want the summer to come but we'll get in about it uh, so we've got we've got Chris Jack and David Chris how are you not too bad. As you say, Colin, counting down the days until the summer. Three yeah, seasons. The days. Yeah, yeah. It's I would I was actually thinking about this today. I genuinely think since we've returned to the top flight, I think this is the worst season since Gerard arrived. You know what I mean? It's since Gerard arrived, there was always, you know, especially in Europe, you know, there was always something happening. There was always a buzz about the place. Okay. You know, we we still probably didn't win as many trophies, but this season I think it was John McCallum that said to me a few weeks ago, you know, all the good stuff happened in August and it's just pretty been pretty much been shite for there on in. So yeah, I as the, the sooner the summer comes the better. Is that how you're feeling, David? How are you? No bad Colin. Hi, even Chris, even the listeners. I I think the I can I broadly agree with what you're saying. I think the the, the time under Gerard that in previous seasons, we always thought there was it was a given that we were going to progress. I think this, yeah. this is the first kind of season, our close season, we're approaching the close season where there's been a, a bit of debate about where the, the club actually goes for here. So, you know, well, hopefully, hopefully the, the horizons are, are, are a bit brighter. I think as well on the top of, of you know a European final and you know the Scottish Cup win. So that, that the last sort of four or five days of the season last season really made us think that yeah. We're, we're going to challenge this season, you know, if, if anything, we're, we're going to, you know, we've got a really good chance of winning the title. And it's just went totally the other way. I think for sort of October, November on, we all kind of suspected that this was going to be a, a hard slog of a season. And that's how it's turned out. But on to, to today, uh, Chris, I'll bring, you, I'll bring you in first, you know. Uh, I mean, it was one of those games that, how, how can I say it's, 
end of season feel, you know, a few empty seats at Ibrox today, end of season feel about it, a feeling that, you know, the league's gone, there's there's no trophies to play for. So there was always a kind of feeling that it was going to be a sort of, you know, kind of flat occasion, which I thought it was. However, it did give Beal uh, the opportunity to bring in some 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 other boys, which we'll, we'll, we'll come and talk about. But I mean, the performance overall, it's okay. Uh, nothing great. Just basically that end of season, nothing to play for. And actually, I think, again, I was talking to someone today, and I might be wrong on this, but I just quickly done a, a calculation in my head. I think we could be the only team in the SPFL that doesn't have something to play for at the moment. You know, that everyone else is fighting for places, you know, trying to uh, secure the league place. We've secured second. There's, there's no one can catch us in second. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're out of the Scottish Cup. We've not won the League Cup, you know. So I, I don't think there's many other teams, if there are any other teams, that literally have nothing to play for like we do. And, and it kind of it felt like that today. That's that is true. Which I think off the top of my head, I don't think you're a million miles away, Colin. That probably sums up this season for Rangers. That with five, four or five games to go, they're the only ones with absolutely nothing on the table. It's yeah. just been it's just been that kind of season. And today was the, the kind of um, basically just kind of summed up summed it up. I thought as a as a game, as an occasion, as a performance, it was as we it was as we expected. It was as we knew it would be. No great surprise that Rangers won. No great surprise that they didn't play overly well. No great surprise that the squad players that were brought in ultimately aren't good enough. I don't think we really learned anything from any of them. Apart from Robbie McCrory, I think he was the, the main kind of positive of the day. Thought Cantwell took his goal really well. Deserved his man of the match. But as the manager said afterwards, playing well at this stage of the season when there's nothing to play for and there's no pressure on, well, now well done. But let's see how you get on when they're actually... So it's a bit of pressure on you and you have to go and win these type of games. So I, I think it was just, it was as we, it was as we expected. There's a couple more to go and then we can forget them about it, say no more about it and I say look forward to the better summer and what that will bring. David, you know, you know, I think we were all expected changes in the team today and we saw that, you know, as as, as Chris alluded to there, uh, Robin McCrory got a start, uh, Yelmaz was, uh, came in, Haji got a start. Matondo got a start, you know, guys that have not really featured much this season. However, it just kind of felt like the same old Rangers, you know, looking at the stats again, you know, with 71% of possession, 19 shots, uh, which seven of those were on target. You know, totally, when, when you look at the numbers yet again, and th- this has been a sort of uh, a trend with this Rangers team, totally dominant, you know what I mean, in t- terms of possession of the ball and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, well into double figures with, with the, the shots that we have in goal. But only seven of them were on target. And Michael Beale made a comment after the game. He says, uh, he kind of feels that we're the most wasteful team in the final third that he's ever seen. And at this present moment in time, I would it's hard to disagree with that because we do have a lot of possession. The, the last two games against Celtic showed that, you know, we had the, the, the bulk of possession, created a, a few chances. And we're just not taking them. So even just the same patterns I play, Colin. It's the same. I mean, you could look at it two ways. You could say, well, it's, it stands to reason if it's the the same coaching staff that are setting the tactics. Right? So, well, I I think uh, to to take the, the players that you mentioned, um, thought like Chris said, I don't think Robbie McCrory did his, his chances any harm, and the stops that he, that he had, uh, I mean, he acquitted his full 
reasonably well. I think the, the first shot when uh, when Duke went through, the first shot he had, I thought it was a decent save with his feet. Obviously, a, a couple of shots saved with his feet. Um, quite a self well. Um, and you're, 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 you're looking at that performance and going, well, how come they wasn't put stand sooner? Um, mm. I think the last time was on me, Chris. Uh, I, I said, you know, you could start questioning whether um, Robbie McCrory is a decent goalkeeper or not. Uh, so, but he did well. Uh, credit for that. I thought Van Yilmaz again was, was you know, came into the side and, and started, you know, giving us a glimpse of what we could possibly look forward to next season. Again, I've, I'm repeating myself here, I've went on record and saying that he's a great fan and, and so far as he likes to play the ball forward, he always looks to, to try and uh, attack the, the opposition. Robbie Matondo, I mean, he's, he's running about, he's trying, I guess, but, you know, ultimately pretty toothless. So, aye, it's, it's, I get, it's, it's the same old, same old, Colin. It's, it's a lot of puffing and puffing. Yeah. Uh, no a lot of control in the middle of the park, despite Todd Cantwell's, you know, reasonable performance. I thought, he, until he scored, I thought, again, it was a lot of huffing and puffing. He looks, he looks busy enough. Uh, he's interested. Um, but I think there's a, a hell of a lot of work to do in the close season. Obviously, there's going to be new, new personnel coming into the side and into the squad. But, you know, uh, I would say the only way he's up for Rangers. You know, the, the, the Chris, the, the the sort of big news that's come out of the game, and it's linked to the, you know, that sort of forward area, the, the attacking side of the team. You know, Bill sort of took a veiled swipe at Morelos in the in the, in the press conference, saying that he, he saw a difference in the second half in energy levels and all that kind of thing when Morelos came on, but not in a positive way. And then basically confirmed uh, that Morelos. Won't be here next season. He's he's away in the summer. Uh, so I was I was I was doing a wee bit of digging on Morelos before we came on the night, and I was actually stunned to realise to find out that he's still only twenty six. You know, at that age, you know, I've always been sort of it's been drilled into me that 26, 27, 28, That's when players should be coming to their peak. It feels with Morelos, it's actually going another way. It feels to me like his best his best year at Rangers was was eighteen nineteen, particularly in the in the Europa League. Since then, it's just been a gradual deterioration. And, and this season, I, th- I think he's phoned it in all season, to be honest with you. It's, I think it's, it's some of his performances have been pretty shameful, if, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, and it just feels like, you know, the, the fact that he's, he's away, we've, we've, we've spoken here many times thinking that's him away and that we were going to get a fee from him for one reason or another. Deals didn't happen and he hung about. Now it looks like it really is a way we won't receive a fee, and it doesn't feel like he's going, you know, with the, with the, with the sort of best of feelings on both sides. You know, I think a lot of Rangers supporters have, have kind of lost patience with him. I, I certainly have. I appreciate what he's done for the club, but I, I need more from 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 a Rangers striker. Uh, it seems to me the club are obviously done with him. Beal, I think, is just done with him. He, I think there's been an issue with every single manager. Gio had to, you know, uh, discipline him earlier on this season. It just feels like a poor end, you know. It, to me, if he'd, he'd, he'd done two or three years and went, you know, for a, for 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 decent money at the point when he was performing, it would have been a. a a great move all round. It's kind of feeling like it's turning into a bad move, you know. That he's or okay, he's our top goal scorer in Europe, but he just for me he just always let us down. At some point in the season, he just always let us down, and now he's kind of walking out the door, and it's like 
Well, does that worthwhile? You know, it's, it just feels like a poor end to his Rangers career. It's not even the it's not even the lack of a fee for me to be honest with Colin. It's, it's just as you say that the way that it's kind of petering out or it's almost getting snowballed in the last in the last few while. It's quite a sad end to what should have been a really memorable Rangers career. Uh, he's he's yeah. looked back. He's he's not won enough, but the the team and the squad's not won enough. He's not like, entirely complicit in his own in his own way in that. Um, I just like it could it's a a career in a Rangers career that should have brought so much more while he was here and should have really taken him on to higher levels. Not back, not two, three, four years ago. We're talking Sevilla being linked, Porto being linked, AC Milan with Ibrox to watch him for a European game. And that's the type of level we thought, now this, this boy has got something, he could get to that type of level one day. I never saw him as a Chelsea striker or a Barcelona striker. He's not that good. But at a certain level in Europe, as he's seen and as he's shown, he could be very, very effective. And it should have been at a club, maybe not a bigger club in, in terms of stature and history. But it should a bigger been, league. It should have been playing in a bigger league. Yeah. Picking up bigger wages as a result of that, and really going on to establish himself at a certain level in that league, in good teams, and at a certain level in, in Europe. Where does he end up going now? Does he get to the Middle East? Does he go Paris? Does he get back to South America? I'm sure he'll go somewhere. He'll pick up a wage. He'll he'll be quite happy having life on and on and off the park. Surely, at some time, if he drops and he thinks nah, I've I've made a mistake somewhere along the line here. I, I had it really, really good at Rangers. And for one reason, whether it's mentality, whether it's fitness, whether it's uh, off, off the field, at some point you must think, nah, I've, I've dropped the ball here. This this could have been so much better than it has been. Um, I said, it, it stings the fact that Rangers won't get a fee for him. But I think it's just the way that his Rangers career is just going to peter out. And it's, it's the end on quite a cracky, sad and sour note. Um, and it didn't, it didn't have to be like that. David, where do you stand with Morelos? Because I have slowly just given up on the guy. Uh, I, I think there was, you know, it, it used to be, you know, with a player like that, someone who was performing well for the club, and you knew they would go at some point, you know, you, you dreaded them going, you know, you knew someone was going to come in and take them, and you dreaded the day, like, oh, that, that boy's going to go at some point. It doesn't feel like that with Morelos to me. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I just think... Uh, to, to put it as bluntly as possible, I think he's ripped to piss for for a, for a good couple of years now. I think he's phoned it in this season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I expect more for Rangers strikers in terms of mobility and goals and, and impact in the game. And I think I, I, there was an incident last week in, in, in that semi-final. It's the first time I've seen Michael Beale in the first half look really angry. And I kind of felt the anger was levelled specifically Kent and Morelos, that they just weren't applying themselves the way he wanted. That's kind of how it feels. It just feels like it's a bit of a horrible, sad end to, to what could have been a lot better. I've got along with, with both you and Chris uh, calling. I think this it's frustration, really, because, you know, when he, when he burst into the scene at first, you know, it looked as though he had potential. And it looked, you know, for the most part, it is fulfilled a lot of that potential. But he looked, he, he's, he's disciplinary issues, um, he obviously it took too long from the penalty drop to realise that he was he was a target, um, and his indiscretions, you know, hindered him. But there's no getting away from it. There was a period of time where he was, I would say, he was a field striker, uh, and he was playing at a, a 
higher level, and he could could have went on to play a higher level. Um, I just looked at him the day. I mean, the way the guy's carrying is a is an absolute joke. Now, you've got to, again, it's a double-edged sword. How much is doing the player? Well, obviously, you expect a level of professionalism if you're Michael Beale and his coaching staff, but the fact that there's nobody able to shed that weight from him, um, it's pretty disappointing, I would say. Uh, and it's a sad reflection on Alfredo's time in the club, but, you know, we move on. It's just, it's, it's just the sad that he's went out with a whimper. Chris, what do you think this year is? Is it, is it his attitude? Is it his mentality? Because I'm like you, I, I think players like this, at some point in his life, it might be five years after he retires, it might be ten years after he retires, I think he'll look back and think, actually, I maybe made a made an arse of that there. You know, I could I could have went on. I agree with you. I don't think he was going to be a top striker with one of your top Champions League clubs, but I certainly think he could have played for a for a decent club in England, decent club in Spain, you know, the sort of second level clubs, you know, certainly a higher league, earning more money than he's earning now and, and got the club a fee. And I just wonder if, you know, if, if the level of sort of money that he's receiving now, which is decent compared to, to the to the normal man in the street, and com- and compared to his you know his own background where he comes from, is that maybe just killed his motivation? He's just thought you know oh, I've got a decent standard of living here, you know, I quite like it. Don't need to really try too hard and all the rest of it because. That eighteen nineteen season, you know, the, the night against Feyenoord, the goals against Porto, all the rest of it. As David says, there, he, he was definitely feared. You know, he was definitely getting talked about, and to, to end up where he is now, because I, I like conversations I've had with other Rangers fans, like, where is he going to go? You know, I mean, who's who's going to take a, a player that has the attitude that he appears to have, that's carrying the weight that that, that David spoke about? Surely he's he's. he's He's damaged himself here in terms of his next move because he's, he's surely limiting his options now. I would say so. It's, I, I don't really know where he, where he goes now to take his career up a level. There's every chance that Rangers is as good as it's ever going to get for him. Certainly in terms of being at a, being at a club with uh, level of support and level of expectation, the chances it would win trophies in European football, everything that Rangers offers him, it should have been the foundation, it should have been the platform to then go bigger and go again because, as we've said, he does have that talent. He, he could have been uh, a really important and really impressive striker at a certain level um, in European football. So where does he go now? So I think he's, uh, he's heading to, he'll, he'll make decent money, be quite happy. And sometimes it's about more than money. It's, I think, and that's what separates Good players from great ones. Great ones have that have that drive and that motivation every single season to keep going, to keep striving for better. And it's weird. If you look at some of the figures in that dressing room. Surely you should be looking at Alan McGregor, at Scott Arfield, at Steve Davis, and saying, "Well, these guys were never going to be at, at my level. I could have played at a higher level than these guys, mm-hmm. but they they are still doing what they're doing because they're winners." because they've got the mentality, because they turn up every single day, give their all, and they maximise their career. Alfredo is never going to maximise his career now, because it's gone it's gone too far. He's wasted, as you said earlier on. He's in the should be in the prime of his career, but he's wasted the last couple of seasons, and I don't see how he makes makes up the ground to get back to... A final point on, on Morelos, David. Is, is part of the problem maybe 
the lack of competition, especially over the last couple of years, you know, with uh, Roof being injured. I think the last time we really saw the best in the was, was the 55 season. And that's the season we got the, the most football out of Roof. You know, so he had, a, he had a real fight on his hands to keep his jersey. And, and that kept the two of them keen and, and, and pushing for, for, for goals, you know, and, and they both delivered that season, you know. Uh, is that maybe been part of the problem, the fact that there's just been a real lack of competition in that particular position? I know Cholax came in at the, at, in the summer there, but, you know, he started with a flurry, kind of fell away, and he's got his own injury, injury issues now. And I do, I do wonder if just the fact that he knew the jersey was his didn't help his attitude. I think the, the lack of competition is, is definitely has got something to do with it. But I would also question his, who's advising him, who's his agent, you know, what's, what's the deal there? I just, I, I, I look at him today and either he's signed for somebody and uh, they've kept the managed to keep it quiet or, I mean, you look at his shape today, I mean, is that going to be attractive to potential suitors? I would yeah. question that, Colin. But, like, He's had enough chances, uh, as you mentioned there. He's worked under um, guys with, with serious reputations in the game, and, and he's 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 almost thrown it back in their faces. So, well, but as, as Chris says, it'll be interesting to see where he goes for a year because that, it'll be you know unlikely that he's going to go and further his career through the platform that Rangers afforded him. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, I think it's a downward move. No doubt about it. Uh, on to the, the other side of the, the, the spectrum, someone who's sort of young and, and, and upcoming, Robbie McCrory, Chris, uh, you know, started today, I think it's his first start since that game against Celtic a couple of seasons ago uh, when we were hit with COVID and had to bring players in. I, I thought I thought he played really well today, you know, he only had two or three saves to make, but the, the first one especially I, I thought was a really, really good save. Uh, and I found it quite interesting that Beal indicated after the game that he would be continuing in goal now, whether that stretches to, to, to next week. Uh, obviously, I, th- I think Alan McGregor would want one more crack at Celtic, but, but but we'll see. But as we've said earlier on, we are literally the only club or one of very few clubs in the, in, in the top flight at the moment that literally has nothing to play for. You know, why why not stick him in? Why not just say, let's see what this boy's got for the next uh, few games? Because I was quite impressed with him today. You have to find you have to find out whether he's good enough ultimately because he's he's been given he's been given his contract last last October or so, so time maybe he signed it um, and that was like faith in Victoria as a potential long term Rangers goalkeeper. But you need to know if he's actually capable of doing it. I know Robbie thinks he, he is. The coaching staff thinks I think that he is, but the manager still has to find out whether he is or not. Personally, I would have played him a couple of weeks ago once, as soon as the league was done, even though it's been done for a long time. I would have given him a last, the last 10 games or so. Um, I can understand why the manager didn't want to. He had to keep some kind of momentum going and keep things on a, on a even keel heading into the uh, semi-final. Um, he's really got nothing to lose now. Not the next, next couple of games. I know you say McGregor probably won't win the last old firm game. You'd like to imagine McGregor gets a farewell game at, at some point. You could maybe give John McLaughlin one last run out just to see Cherry Oakes. Obviously, he'll be away in the summer as well. But if you park all the, the sentimental side of it, Robbie has come in, done, I, I thought he played really well today, deserves to keep his jersey. And if he's going to have any chance of being number one or number two next season, these uh, last couple of games are, are really important for him. Um, there's also the Jack Butlin potential signing. If he comes in, he's coming in as 
is number one, you would imagine, and then comes down to whether Robbie wants to be number two and uh, try and push and take a chance, or whether he says, look, it's time to it's time to move on because at, at his age, he has to go and has to go and play and really has to go and establish himself somewhere. Certainly for his his international aspirations as well. So, uh, I, so I thought his performance was really good today. Good, some good saves. Um, I thought the one was. If his feet ever on from Duke was a really, really smart save. Yeah. But he, he handled handled the Van Aberdeen, could throw at him, good in the air, distribution was good. Um, and so I would, I, I'd have no fears about pitching him in next week against against Celtic, see how he handles it, see what he does. And then come the end of the season, you can determine whether he's going to, if he's done enough and has enough promise and potential to say, right, he's going to be number one next year, or he try and convince him to, to remain at Ibrox and try and be part of the squad under, under somebody else. David, I mean, he was in goals the last time we beat Celtic uh, over over ninety minutes. Uh, that one nothing game at, uh, at Ibrox. Uh, I think it was Hollander that scored the winner that day. So he was, and you know, he, he's played in an old firm game before. He's he's been there, done it, and and won. You know what I mean? We we, we won that day. So I'm I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, just sticking him in next week and see what happens. Uh, where are you? Would you would you give him a run out next week? Oh, he's, oh, he's got to play to the end of the season. Like, like, I, I get sentiment. We've got to, we've got to give Alan a send off. That's that goes without saying. <laughs> did we not do that at the Scottish Cup final last season? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you said that. I didn't. Good saying. <laughs> uh, but look, I you know, all jokes aside. You know, Alan definitely deserves a send off. But he's am I right in saying he's getting a, a testimonial? Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the time for for Alan's send off with, with the the fans. Robbie's Robbie's got to get a game. He's come in the day, he's played well. Uh, he's allayed any well immediate fears, shall we say, that um, some fans may have had about whether he was confident enough. Uh, you know, Duke had he had his shooting boots on. You know, it's arguable. I don't think I've been two and a half up before Ranger scored the day. So um, you've got to bear that in mind. Obviously, Robbie played his part in, in uh, preventing that from actually happening. So, look, he, he's the man that's in charge. That's, it's in charge of the jersey now. I would, I would stick with him, Colin. And um, whilst you know, there's nothing to play for really next week other than pride. He deserved his place, and we should. I mean, that's the type of proving ground where we're going to see whether young players can cut it. You've rightly said. I mean, he's come in before when the other two goalkeepers were injured, and they came in and he performed amicably. Uh, so, I, I mean. No, stick with him. I don't think you don't need a bit of rocket science scientist, I should say, to, um, to stick with that and, and come to that conclusion. So I he's got to play. Uh, on to uh, Yilmaz, uh, Chris, uh, you know, started again today, been a bit of a frustrating season for him. He's for, you know, his 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 debut season uh, obviously had that injury that that, that that took him out for a wee while. I mean he's he's had limited game time. So it's kind of hard to judge him, and I get that. But I have to say, the times it has been there, I slightly disagree with, with, with David on this. I know he was sort of singing his praises a wee bit earlier on. I'm actually not that convinced that he's he's any better than Borna. You know what I mean? And I've not seen anything so far that makes me think he was worth the outlay that we've, we've, we've shelled out from. So, you know, do we stick with him over the summer? Is that a position that we look to strengthen, or do we stick with Yilmaz and just say, right, okay, we've, we've paid this money on him? We go next season and see what he produces. Because, I mean, it is hard to judge him based on the game time he's had, but what limited game time he has had, I think there's been very little there to suggest 
that he's he's any better than the man that that, that, that was already there. I have, I have to agree, Colin. I think he's looked he's looked okay. Does he look five million pounds worth of potential Turkish internationalist? I have I have my doubts. I think he's the games he's played, he's done fine. He's not made any howlers. He's not been caught out time after time. Has he done anything spectacular? Apart from a wee flick against Queen of the South that set up the half-field goal, I can't really remember anything that he's done that I thought, you know, this, this boy's got something. Um, I, I think he's I think he's been fine. The injury lost the game, a bad, bad time for him, just as looking to establish himself. That then also cost him a lot of game time under under Michael Beale. To be fair to Barisic, I thought, after Beal came in, his performance levels went up, um, and he's been he's been okay. He's probably been like seven out of ten since since then. Um, but that left back position is one you're thinking there was not a out of contact uh, situation there, but therefore it's not a priority in terms of somebody has to leave and therefore somebody has to come in. Is it one that Rangers could do better in? Probably. Is it one that I see them addressing? Not overly. I think if you've got Barisic under there under contract there for another season. You just keep him. You're not going to make millions off him. He knows the he knows the score. You know exactly what you're getting from him. Um, and you give your man a jersey at the start of the season. If he goes and he, he improves and he impresses and he keeps it great, you can maybe bond to something. If he doesn't, at least then you've got somebody there that you know exactly what they're going to give you. So right now, I don't really see it as a like a pressing concern for Rangers. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that I think they're definitely onto some that left back. I think it is something that might have to be. May have to be addressed further down the line. What was yourself, David? I'll give you a right to reply because obviously you, you were you were quite you were singing the Almazi's praises earlier on. Well, look, the, the guy's hardly kicked a ball, so it's it's too early to judge. Other than the fact that he's pretty diminutive in his stature, um, ah, you look, I can I, I can see where Chris is coming from. I can see where you're coming from. Um, he's not exactly he- set the heather alight, but you know. Uh, did the club sign him for nothing? You know, they've paid a lot of money from him, so they must have seen something in him. And I'm, I'm presuming that it wasn't just um, Ross Wilson that signed him. So, ah, look, he's, he's got all to prove, but then you could level that at a lot of players. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, the club's in such a state of flux in a minute, Colin, and potentially he's going to, you know, there's, there's a lot of bedding in to do for presumably a whole raft of players are, are presumably going to come in the summer. So he falls into that category. Maybe it would just be a fresh start for him. Um, you know, it's, 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 he's been here uh, by the time next season starts. He'll have been here a year. So you'd like to think that he's settled in. Um, maybe he hasn't. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the things. It might just be that the boys are struggling to sell and, and it might be that he's, he's, it's best that he's moved on. So we, we'll need to wait and see. I think the, I think the the, the sides in such a kind of a low ebb at the minute. It's it's easy to kind of you know home in in the foibles of certain players and and when guys that have come in for serious what we would perceive to be serious money and haven't exactly um, pulled up any trees. That's going to just draw more attention to, to to the types of performances. But look, he's got all to do as of as of you know tons of them to be honest. <laughs> Uh, another one that came in the day, David, I'll stay with you, it was, was Haji. You know, again, another one that's uh, had, a, had a rough year with, with injury with the cruciate injury, kept him out for a year. You know, he's been getting some game time recently. I have to be honest, again, uh, uh, he's another one that looks like he's 
struggling at the moment. You know, he certainly looks some way off at the moment from the levels that we've seen him capable of, of reaching. Uh, you know, there's rumours of a, a a potential move in the summer. He sort, of, I think, he sort of came out in the week through the week there and denied that and said that he wasn't interested. He wanted to stay with Angels, but. It kind of feels like he's he's another player where there's a decision that needs to be made. And where, where do you stand? Would you would you be for keeping him, or do you think it's best for club and player that he, that he moves on elsewhere? Oh, it's a hard one, Colin. Well, obviously he signed a contract, so the club's obviously looking to to maybe um, potentially move him on at some point, or you know, realise some worth from him. You know, in terms of the, the kind of contracts management side of things. Uh, I could be reading something wrong into that, but uh, uh, it's a difficult one. I mean, Yanis Hadji, he's, he's blown hot and cold in his Rangers career. Um, he's never really set the header truly alight. I'm not using the same cliches over and over. Apologies for that. Um, it's, it's a difficult one, Colin. It's, it, again, it's who do you pair players up with? Um, I, mean, I, I think the last time I was on, I mentioned about uh, Nico Raskin. Who do we? Who does Bill see him being paired up with? We'll, 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 you know, we'll inform I, I would imagine a lot of fans' judgment of how good a player Nicola Raskin could be. I think the same could be said for for uh, for Giannis Hadji. Um, would, I, would I be shedding any tears if he was to move on? Possibly not. I mean, but, but that's, Rangers have kind of almost reached that. It's almost like it feels like a glass ceiling, as if they've, they've reached a, a point where they can't really afford to go any further, um, certainly financially, in terms of buying ready made players. And I don't know this Rangers are never really in the market for ready made players, but it looks as if they've stagnated and it's, you know, there's no, there's no a heck of a lot to, to look forward to in terms of is there going to be serious progression in a team? You know, obviously. Michael's went on record and says there's going to be a, a, a high turnover of players uh, in the coming months. So maybe that kind of potential might be rebooted, so to speak. So does Yanis Hadji factor into that? Only time will tell me. But with yourself, Chris Hadji, do you think we could be seeing the last of him over the next couple of weeks? It's a, it's a tricky one. As, as you both said, I, I like Yanis. I think he's, he's, a, he's a smart guy. He's, he, and he comes across well, represents himself in the club well. But he spoke really smartly at his, his press the other day there. He's clearly got talent. He clearly can contribute to a successful Rangers team because he has done. I think he understands the understands the club. I think he gets he gets the kind of pressure side of it. Is he going to be a mainstay of a Rangers side that goes and wins the title next season? I don't think so. I think he's obviously it's, it's hard to judge him too too harshly because he is is real short of. Of, of uh, uh, football, he's, also, he's still building up his his fitness and his sharpness. Got a long way to go. I think you give him a pre-season, and I think you'll be able to tell fairly early on after that pre-season campaign what what level he's at, and if that level is going to be is going to be high enough or not. Um, I think the thing that counts against him, if you like, being a being a key part of the team, is actually one of the positives of him because he's one of the few guys. This actually got some value in the transfer market. He's also signed his new contract. He's of a good age and profile. If Michael Beale decides he's not for him, he will be for someone else. It's not as if you're completely writing him off. Say, Barris, you're talking hundreds of thousands. Someday you might be able to get a couple of million for Hadji. And as much as Beale might like him, it almost comes a point of, well, can that money be used 
elsewhere on somebody that I can bring in just to keep freshen things up a wee bit. So I, I think Hadji could could have a career or a, a, a part to play next year. But also, if he moved on, I wouldn't be overly surprised. Matondo, uh, another one who's you know came in for for, for decent money. Uh, Again, I, th- I think it was David that spoke earlier on uh, tonight saying, you know, huffed and puffed, worked hard. But I, th- I think you would just have to say it was another kind of average performance from uh, Chris. And I mean, overall, you'd have to say it's been a really, really poor debut season from, you know, I, I think there was huge expectations that right side has, has been causing us problems uh, for, for a while now. Uh, you know, I think Aribo worked quite effectively there for a for, for a period, but obviously he left in the summer. Um, I, I, it's just always felt like we needed someone who was like a proper right-sided midfielder who could could do that job. When he signed, I think we all thought we'd, we'd, we'd solve that problem. I think we can all come to the conclusion now that's not the case. And I think it's another one for Michael Beale to sit down and think, well, a decision needs to be made about his future at the club. Is, is he good enough? In my opinion, based on what I've seen, I don't think he is, but there's—I mean, there's plenty of players that have started the Rangers' careers poorly and and and, and came on, but I, I just don't see it with him. No, not at all. The, the biggest thing for me with Matondo is how Schalke ever paid thirteen million pounds for him. <laughs> there's no no way uh, he's of that he's of that level. You know why the uh, guys in the that works for a different paper uh, spoke to someone out in Belgium in the summer. And there was guys over there saying, oh, no, this boy, he's great talent, but what a player Rangers have got. But it was in a very unique set of circumstances. It was for a team that doesn't play the same as Rangers, doesn't play against teams who are packing defences and sitting 15 yards for their own, their own goal line. Yeah. You half a pitch to run into. And if you've got, if you're getting, given somebody with his pace, half a part to run into, of course, he's going to switch past uh, defenders and think, no, this, no, what a player this boy is. Here, it just doesn't work. I think his first attack today, he almost ran straight into the, uh, the fullback as if the guy was just going to disappear and vanish into thin air. That's, that's just not how it works up here. Um, I, I just don't see how he fits into to a Rangers side. I saw a touch of like Michael O'Halloran about him almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, on, he's, he's better technically and he's clearly got more talent than O'Halloran. But in terms of a style of someone who can run really quickly in straight lines and be effective for a counter-attacking team, that, that's not Rangers. It might be in certain circumstances, maybe in an old firm game at Parkhead, maybe in, in certain European games, you can say, oh, we'll stick him in and he gives an out ball and he gives us something over the top and he can go and chase lost causes. Against your Aberdeens and your St Mirrens and your Achilles at Ibrox, he's almost rendered useless because he's not technically yeah. good enough to break down these teams. He doesn't have those wee passes. He doesn't shoot and score from 25 yards. doesn't have those moments of magic in him. And for, for the outlay, I just don't see what he's bringing to the what he's bringing to the party. So again, one of the guys that bizarrely still has some as as poor as he has been will still have some residual uh, value in the in the market if he can get as much back of the fee that you paid for him. Um, I think you you write it off. You say no more about it. You wish him well, and we try and find somebody that can actually do the job um, in that in that area of the side because for years now that that role just has not been adequately. Um, David, on uh, some of the subs that we weren't used today, uh, uh, specifically the young boys, you know, Liam King, Adam Devine, uh, Alex Lowry, were, were all on the bench today. 
And again, given the fact that we literally have nothing to play for, it was surprising. I would actually say it was quite surprising none of them started, if, if I'm being honest. I thought maybe one of them, I think everyone would be obviously looking at Lowry to, to, to feature at some point. You know, and, and particularly for King and Lowry, you know, after a wee sort of period where they, they were getting a bit of game time and, and having a wee bit of success, you know, it's starting to feel like, again, the decisions might have to be made about their futures. I think Beale went public about Lowry and sort of hinted at, you know, maybe a little issue with his, with his, his attitude and stuff like that. But, I mean, we'll come on and talk about Craig Mulholland, you know, and the, the people that have left the club. But I think the fact that there's not enough boys coming through into the first team is why Craig Mulholland's no longer in a job. But if you can't play the likes of King, Divine and Lowry in, in a game like today, when when exactly are these boys going to be good enough to get game time? You know what I mean? It, it just felt like the most obvious game to stack them in and they, they, they never even came off the bench. Oh, it's a head scratcher, Colin. I mean, I came out, it's been, when Todd Cantwell signed and I seen him at first, one of the thoughts that entered my mind sitting at the game, I was thinking to myself, I wonder what Alec Lowry's old man thinks watching Todd Cantwell. Similar to a player all beating over with with actually more and more experience than first team experience in Alec Lowry. But but you know, looked to be much uh, muchness in terms of the playing style. Adam Devine again um came into the side, he didn't disgrace himself at all at left back, playing out of position. Leon King, slightly different, you know, thrown in at the, at the deepest of deep ends at the Champions League level. Uh, didn't equip himself too well, but I mean, the boy's young, so you can come up a slack there. But uh, for, for these guys not to come in the day, I mean, you, you mentioned there that, that, that um, Michael's alluded to possibly a, a disciplinary issues or you know, attitude issues, rather than disciplinary issues, but attitude issues with Alec Lowry. I mean, that, that's... You know, if, if I'm hearing that, I'm thinking to myself, well, you're, you're, you're playing a guy like Morelis, who's got presumably yeah, some yeah. issues in, in terms of, you know, how he manages himself as a professional on and off the pitch. So, um, aye, it's, it's a strange one, Colin. Again, it's, it's look back to the Robbie McCrory situation I, I described a couple of weeks back. Um, the question marks are, are hanging over these boys' heads. But you're actually thinking, are they going to make it? Are they going to be good enough to make it? But then... You look at what we're actually witnessing on the pitch. Uh, some guys that are coming with a supposed reputation, and you're looking at them, and you're going, are these guys all they're cracked up to be? What's up with the standard of player that's coming through the academy? It's, a, it's another one of these ones, Collins. It's, I mean, we could, you could have knee-jerk reactions and judge the academy and, and the boys that are playing, especially in lights that, you know, maybe youth, BP Youth Cup final defeats the other night there and look at it and see if we've got guys coming through. Um, Bailey Rice is, is a, a name that springs to mind um, but the guys ahead of him you know you, you've got to be questioning whether you're going to get a look at him next season so aye, maybe maybe there are legitimate questions to be answered during the, the close season about whether these lads immediate futures lie with the club or rather that they're, they're likely to move, possibly move out and loan but then again having said all that you've got the homegrown uh, quota to fulfil uh, so, are these guys going to feature on the bench, you know, just to, to, to tick a box in terms of um, fulfilling role requirements? You know, the boys and their agents and their, their, their families are going to, you know, legitimately question whether that's going to be good for their, 
their, their careers in the long term. So it's it's one of these unanswered questions. Me, I'm sorry, I can't put uh, <laughs> any more on it than that. I, I mean, you mentioned Cantwell there, uh, David. Chris, I mean, his goal today. I, I, I thought it was a, it was an excellent finish. You know, really, really well controlled uh, finish, and you know, accurate, all that kind of stuff. And he is, you know, he is starting to look the business. You know, like a really good bit of business for the club. I do feel he needs more from the front three. You know, I think he, he needs something more from 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 them. And and if if we bring the right players in next season, hopefully hopefully that will click in. But it does feel like, you know, of of the two the two major signings that uh, Beal brought in, that Cantwell's looking like the one that's that, that could really go on to do something for us. I probably just because of the position that he plays and the type of type of player that he has, he he looks more the like a game changer, match winner type, and that's probably a bit harsh on on Raskin because that's obviously not his his role on the side. I think he has started well, and he looks like a he looks like a good bit of business and type of type of player that Rangers, if they manage his, his contract correctly, unlike some, uh, they shouldn't mm. lose money on him. Hopefully, um, or or certainly make a bit of money on him. Uh, can't well these type of games are all as I said earlier on. It's all fine and well, done it on and in this type of fixture, but there's uh, no pressure on. He'll know himself. He has to perform in the, in the bigger games next next year. Um, but I thought there's there's definitely there's definitely something there. I thought he, to, he, he did take his goal really well earlier earlier today. But he also he also said in the presser, you can got the feeling he didn't really mean it. Because <laughs> he he was asked if that's something they worked on in training, and he said, "Oh, Harry Watling will say yes, but it it wasn't really." So I don't know if it was a if it's a happy moment of genius or just a moment where well they've, they've tried something that's it's come off. Um, but to refer to him, he is one of the few guys in the squad capable of that type of that type of finish. If, if that opportunity had fallen to so many others in the squad, it would have ended up halfway up the uh, Copeland rear. Um, so no, fair to a fair play to him for ability to finish it off um, next season. I think there's definitely there's definitely more to come from him. Um, and it does look a really Exciting uh, bit of business. On well, the next season, David, you know, the, the, the league's on again for the second year in a row. As I said earlier on, it kind of feels like since I returned to the top flight, it's the first time, as you say, that it doesn't feel like we've progressed. We've actually regressed a wee bit. We've been back the way. Uh, Bill said today after the game, you know, that the club will assess and be honest in its feedback in terms of where they go for next season. So it does feel like. Uh, a big summer. There's obviously a lot going on in the background, which we'll hopefully have time to talk about with the the, the, the rake of sort of exits from the uh, from the from the boardroom and the the executive team and all that kind of stuff. But it does feel like it could be a big summer this year. You know, I mean, I mean, for, for example, you know, Tillman. Uh, another thing as well that that Buell's sort of been talking about recently, saying he's you know he's he's away back to Bayern to have his injury assessed. You know, have we seen him for the last time in the Rangers jersey, for example? You know, is is he worth that five million uh, fee that, that that's that's been discussed? So a lot of stuff for for the for the club uh, to, to to address through the summer. Undoubtedly, it's a huge huge summer for the club. Um, the manager obviously is all too aware aware of that. Um, so I. That I mentioned again, I'm repeating myself, the, the, the pressures in the market are exacting for, for Michael Beale. Um, we can't afford any any slippage really. You know, we've got so many 
key positions to address in the pitch, never mind the squad, um, that, you know, we've got to hit the ground running. Um, so, I mean, to, to briefly take Tillman, Tillman divides opinion. Um, I think five million quid, depending on the size of the budget, you know, may well uh, represent too much of uh, a risk in terms of, you know, the player being, you know, possibly a luxury that we could all afford. However, having said that, you look at how much outlays went on Ben Davies, uh, Van Yilmaz, the, the money that's been reported that, that's been shelled out in them, is the £5 million you know, alleged uh, clause going to be triggered when um, Malik's loan agreement, does that represent too much a risk? You know, that would tend to kind of maybe... Um, waver your opinion slightly uh, but look I think there's, there's so many positions to, to address in the pitch uh, obviously the goalkeeper's one uh, again I'm, rep- I'm repeating myself here I was on my, with Chris the last time we discussed these questions you know, the, the defence needs looked at the middle of the park needs looked at and up front certainly needs looked at so I, I mean I don't envy Michael Beale's task uh, obviously he's um he looks to be to be taking on the responsibility wholesale this, this summer, so all the more reason to get it right because we can't be chopping and changing if things go south, which obviously for obvious reasons I hope they don't, but you know, there's so many ins potentially that we've got to get it right. And it's you know, again I'm repeating myself here, I don't envy Michael Beale's job one little bit. Chris, are we maybe, I was thinking about this through the week, are we maybe overestimating the, the job that needs done here? Because, okay, we've, we've, we've finished the season empty-handed, but I think, even though we've lost the last couple of games against Celtic, they have been tight affairs, and it's been, you know, we've done the damage ourselves on both occasions, you know, it's, it's just stupid goals we're conceding all the time, and obviously lacking that bit of creativity up front in terms of scoring goals. Now, I'll, I'll go back to... Th- 85-86 season Rangers finished 5th in a 10 team league we were as close in points to Clyde Bank in last place as we were to Celtic in first place the following season those same players won the league you know as soon as arrived and he signed okay three top class players in Butcher Woods and Roberts but essentially your Stuart Monroe's, your Dave McPherson's, your Robert Flex, your Ali McCoy's, your David Cooper, uh, your Jenny Nichols, all the same boys that were in that team the previous season. Because of those three players arriving, reached the levels that, that, that were required to, to, to win a title. So are we overestimating? I mean, you hear all these numbers about, you know, 10 coming in and all the rest of it. I'm not convinced we need that. I, obviously we need something I, I, if I would focus anywhere I'd be focusing on the front three and saying right we need to get that right because obviously Kent Morelos in particular I've chalked it we've spoken about Matondo I think that's where most of the work needs done obviously goalkeeper as well maybe and on another left centre half what have you but I think the, the majority of the work needs up front so are we overestimating what needs done you know are we it's, it's far off from, from, from Celtic as everyone says we are. I think the, the manager made the point after the game today, he's made quite a few times. It's the problems this season have been in both boxes. They've conceded, as you say, 
silly, sloppy, poor goals all season. Other end, again, as we said earlier on, a number of chances that have been missed, and even in games that we've won, a number of chances that have been missed this season has been criminal at times. If they can get a goalkeeper, whether it's Butland, whether it's Victoria, whether it's anybody else, that's a start. I think they need a centre-half, need cover at full-backs. I've also mentioned Yelmaz and Barisic earlier on. I like a bit of cover at, at right-back. Middle of the pitch, I think there's a promise there we're asking in, in Cantwell. It looks like Ryan Jack might uh, get another uh, campaign out uh, too. Up front, as you say, Colin, there's, there's major, major work. You're, you're, talk, you're talking to replace Morelos, who's been the talisman for seasons. Cholak, I don't really fancy as part of a real team, so you might be looking to replace him. Roof, even if he's still on the books, he has to be he has to be replaced in the squad because you can't rely on him. Yeah, just can't get him in the part, yeah. And you're then looking at also replacing Ken, need somebody to echo another other side and play wide right. I think the problem that Rangers have got, they could sign four or five players and really improve the starting eleven. It's then it's the squad depth. It's, is, is there a, is there enough there in the guys that are there already to say, well, you can step in? Could you say, well, we'll keep Scott right because he'll do a job? Is that job good enough? We'll hold on to the Harfield who I like and a lot of time for. If you hold on to him, they say, oh, he'll he'll do a job. Is that job going to be good enough? And that's the that's what Michael Beale has to decide. Is are, are the guys that he's starting in games right now? If they have to drop down from being starters to largely squad players, can they be relied on often enough to do the job to get us through when your summer signings need a rest or picked up picked up an Okia here or there? And that's why I think a lot of the punters are saying it has to be more widespread than that because they've seen the starting eleven when their faith have been put in them time after time, they've seen them fail time after time. So how can you then put your faith in them again if these guys are going to be the and the guys that you go to in, in terms of adversity where you need your, your squad to really help you through. So I don't think it'll be like four, 14 out, 14 in. If it ends up being 10 out and 10 in, I wouldn't be that surprised to be honest with you. Right, on the matters off the part, uh, David, uh, you know, it was revealed a couple of days ago there that Andrew Dixon was left the club, I think he's been in the club for 30 years, something like that. Uh, chief sort of financial officer type role. Uh, but he's joining an increasing list of uh, exits at the, at the sort of executive board and all that kind of stuff. So obviously Douglas Park's away, Ross Wilson's away, Stuart Robertson is leaving, they announced that Craig Mulholland is away as well. You know, the, I was, again, I was speaking to, 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 to John McCallum from the pod on this, and he, he's descri- he described it as, as the night of the long knives. You know, it just feels like no one's safe at the moment. There's, there's just a lot of upheaval at that sort of executive and, and, and boardroom level. Is this is this the new chairman? Is this John Bennett coming in and has he maybe been sitting, you know, when when he was the sort of assistant chair, was he sort of looking at people thinking, I don't think you're doing the job that needs to be done and now he's in he's in control. He's he's, he's taking the steps that he feels need to be taken to, to get the club back on its feet. It could be, but um does he represent the, the the other major shareholders' viewpoint? Um, that's you know you need to be actually inside the, the boardroom to, to to get the the wood in on that one. Um, I like that it's obviously going to be a, a big reset. You know, a lot of the, the guys that you mentioned there have been there for for a number of years. Um, have they delivered? Uh, that's up for debate. I mean, Andrew Dixon's 
struck me as a strange man. Um, obviously, part of his remit is football administration, so complying yeah. you know, SFA and UEFA protocols would be part of his job, I imagine. Um, seemed a strange one, but maybe that's, you know, the fact that his uh, job, um, does that signal possibly a, a, a corporate rationalisation? Or a club rationalisation, as opposed to a corporate one. Um, Craig Holland, when uh, you look at who's come through the academy since he's been in charge of it, um, has it borne a lot of fruit? Again, debatable. You mean Nathan Patterson's obviously the one that springs to mind immediately, but there doesn't seem to be anything, you know, anybody else really. You know, knocking down the manager's door saying, you know, I'm good enough, I should be played. So, I mean, I'm thinking that guys like Zach Mayo, Josh McPake, these types of lads that have maybe, you know, looked as though they could possibly feature uh, in the medium term and they've, they've not, they've not uh, done anything. So, uh, it, it seems as if, the, the, you know, the club is ready for a big step change. Um, if there's, is there anything else behind that, you know, with regards to, to rumours of takeovers and, and what have you? Is it a case of the, the, the deck's been cleared for, for new people coming in? Don't know. It's, it's all rumours, Colin. But certainly, it's, you know, it's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it and, and suspect, you know, that there's, there's things afoot. Or you could look at it at the positive slant and say, like, right, it's time for a fresh start. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, presumably, you know... Improvement to come if they get the appointments and the the personnel right. So, I look. I'm trying to be positive. I've, I've, let's let's hope that this heralds a, a new beginning. We've obviously had, you know, there's a a lot of times elapsed since, since they had to 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 how should we put it? Take a massive risk with Stephen Gerrard. You know, being a, a an ex player that pitched into his first managerial job. But for the most part, that was, a, was seen to be a, as a success and certainly a catalyst for better things. Um, is it time for another reset that could possibly bring about a similar level of improvement from where we were when when uh, Stevie assumed the reins after the ill-fated uh, reins of uh, Graham Murray and Pedro Cassinha? We'll need to wait and see, mate. But with yourself, Chris, you know, a lot of movement. I, I mean, a, a lot. It's, it's hard I don't think I can remember so many moves at, at that sort of boardroom level, uh, so many exits. And I mean, obviously, uh, you know, James Bisgrove is, is, is looking to take over, take over Stuart Robertson's position. But it seems like the rest are all up for grabs. You know what I mean? We don't know who's coming in. And it, it just feels like a huge amount of restructuring. And, and as uh, David sort of hinted there, there's, there's all these rumours doing the rounds on WhatsApp and what have you potential takeovers and all that kind of thing so it does feel like that, that it's not just on the part where, where there's a lot of change happening it's, it's also off the part I think this summer is probably the, the kind of ideal moment for it I think if, if you, you take them all individually you look at the chairman it was time for Douglas Park to move on he's he's done his bit he's put his money in um, he can everybody will have their own, own opinion on his on his stewardship and how, how successful it was ultimately he was chairman when 55 was born and when we got to a European final. If you judge it on that, that was a success. I think John Bennett's a very different type of uh, personality. I think he'd be a very different type of chairman. He'd be more more hands-on. I think he'd be more accountable. I think he'd be more public. Um, the same can be said for James Bisgrove, chief exec. I think he'll, he'll be more front and centre. I think the, the communication is something that they know they've not been that good at over the last 
couple of years, and they know that's something that has to that has to improve. Um, over the next couple of weeks, you will hear from both of them in terms of laying out their vision of the future and and can explain some of these uh, changes and just what they've just what they've uh, done at, at that kind of executive boardroom level and executive uh, football level. I think for for Ross and Stewart, the time had come to move on. Now, when, you, when you're when you're the the subject of that level of anger amongst the fans, there's nothing in it for you to stay on. The two of them, they were never going to win over the support. They were never going to get people back on side when your face is on banners and on placards at Fir Park. It's time mm-hmm. to it's time to go. Um, so Stewart's got another opportunity outside the football. I think he's done his he's done his bit. He's been at the club for a long time. Um, again, through some some highs and some lows. Ross Wilson, we've spoken about often enough in terms of his uh, success, failure, or somewhere in the middle. Again, I think it was the ideal time for him to for him to move on. Um, Andrew Dixon, I don't think many people will be that that upset. He's uh, um, also not that that huge a figure. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you, if you said to people, "No, what does Andrew Dixon actually do?" They'd be able to tell you his his job title just because they always see it at the EGM. In terms of the day to day, nobody really the fans won't have an insight into what he does. There's also a role there for Rangers to for Rangers to fill. Um, in terms of Craig, a guy I've got a lot of time for. I think he's done a a good job o- overall, mainly because he picked up an academy that was decimated by years of mismanagement and un- underinvestment, and it, it will take time for those processes. If you think it's only what, eight years or so since we were playing playing championship football even if the academy was spot on from the ground up eight years ago kids that are coming in are potentially only 18, 19 at now um, so I think there's a lot of work and a bit of long term thinking has to be has to be applied to that um, again it's interesting to see where Craig actually actually ends up and what his next move will be so it's, it's certainly it's an interesting time at, at all levels but I think it's just a, a good moment for Rangers to have a, a, a big picture reset and a big picture look at every single aspect of the club um, there's a bit of continuity there also with John and James uh, stepping up into their respective roles uh, and the two of them will now drive this next this next era both on and off the pitch and on that note uh, we'll call time on this era tonight so uh, a big thanks to uh, Chris and David for their uh, contributions tonight, great stuff from them as always uh, we were live tonight, we were live on YouTube, but the show will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all those things. As I said, a big thanks to, to Chris and David. We'll have a show out on Friday, a preview show will be out in, on Friday night for the, the Celtic game, obviously, on Saturday. Yeah, I believe it's uh, Big Ek and Stuart Weir who are on that, so tune into that, I think that'll be at 9 o'clock. Uh, on the Friday night. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jairs Night website and forums at www.jairsnet.co.uk. Before I go, I have to pay tribute to uh, someone yesterday. It was the, a huge day for, for this person, as we all know. Uh, a very big moment. Uh, it was my son's 18th birthday. And he's not just my son. He's the he's the Jairs Net outside broadcast cameraman. Uh, and, and a more disinterested cameraman you'll never find. But he had his first legal pint in the, the horseshoe yesterday, so we were out, had a couple of pints and a laugh and some food. So, yeah, happy birthday to him. And that's that. So until the next time, guys, bye for now.